Greetings, Earthlings, and welcome to the Avalanche. Fantastic, Jerry. How are you feeling? <laughs> it's been a great, great show, you all. <laughs> good times. Good times. We got a great show tonight. We have a new, new segment we're introducing, uh, which is going to be a full moon recap, astrological forecast highlights of the month and for that tonight we have Dan Shukas from Cosmic Keys Podcast. Dan, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks a lot, Jerry and Dish for having me. That's great. It's great. It's a cool idea. I'm glad to show And, uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> and so I'm super thrilled about this segment and, uh, moving forward, we're, we're rotating astrologers every month to promote, uh, astrologers we admire, big friends of the show, and just to add this great element, Generally the cool people. Yeah. So it's show, the floor is yours. Dan yeah. Baby. Our next, next month's guest, uh, astrologers in the live chat. Oh, excellent. Yes, the wonderful Astro Luna chick mm-hmm. who's mm-hmm. got her book today, and I'm thrilled. And then the one after that will be Sarolta uh, Defolte oh, of the Lilith Zone. So, awesome. Awesome. so peek ahead, everyone. All right, so stay tuned, guys. We're going to have a good show tonight. Commercial free, and remember, yeah, well, sorry, pants are optional. Go ahead, Dan. Yeah, well, first of all, thanks a lot for having me. Thanks for having me. First astrologer, because I am a fan of the show. I do. Work usually on Wednesday nights, but I've literally, if YouTube didn't close, close it on your phone, I would for sure have this in my ear every day. But um, I love Knox Wednesday and like what you guys are doing. And yeah, thanks again for having me. So, since this is like a, a monthly Wednesday night show, it's closest to the nearest full moon, now is a good time to recap what happened this past weekend like jerry and this would you say this last weekend was kind of hectic or crazy for you i'm just curious huh. not, not really not, i think the energy <laughs> was you know but i wasn't yeah i actually kind of i played through it but there was a lot of hectic stuff around me that was very palpable and noticeable. And especially I might add in an augmentate that my dreams were off the hook. So I know stuff was going on that I'm still processing. Yeah, I mean, basically, and, you know, we're in the time of year that for us in. Um, a full moon is when the sun and the moon are in opposite signs. And every Libra season, we have the Aries full moon. So like this past Sunday was, the Aries full moon of 2019, um, basically the point where Aries, where the the sun in Libra and the, the moon in Aries were both at, I think it was 20 degrees of their respective signs. So that's the full moon. That's like an intense moment. Um, but in astrology, study like the angles 
well. So you have an opposition with like the moon, you know, sun in Libra, moon in Aries, that's an opposition. But well, we also had Pluto in Capricorn forming a 90 degree angle to the sun and the moon. So the drama of like the full moon being in the fire sign of Aries, being really fiery, um, spontaneous, aggressive, Martian. You know, that duality between Aries being Martian and Libra being like a Venus, is dramatic in itself. But Pluto, far, far out planet that is really generational and sort of evolutionary in a, in a lot of ways, abstract. Pluto formed a 90-degree angle to both the sun and the moon. So, you know, if this is the first time I've, like, retrospectively talked about astrology, already happened but in my observation um a lot of people around me you know had to deal with a lot of like shadow issues pluto is shadow it's like hidden raw unconscious power it's like very primal and very you know it, it affects society and humanity in, in a big way because it's that far out in the solar system um so when an alignment like that happens, it's definitely like a dramatic moment in astrology. So, and even before that, on Saturday, there was what uh, there was an opposition between Venus and Libra and um, Uranus, or no, Venus and Scorpio, I'm sorry, and Uranus and Taurus. So there's this like Uranian craziness that it was happening last week. We had the crazy dramatic full moon, and then on Monday, when the moon moved into Taurus, um, it made a conjunction with Uranus. So, like, Uranian energy is very explosive and re rebellious and um, disruptive. So, like, retrospectively, if we're looking at last weekend, um, the astrology would suggest some sort of shadow work, some craziness, um, some drama. And now, by today, the moon is going to be moving into Gemini, I think, at 1030 Eastern tonight. So we've been having this forest moon to kind of calm down energy. So that's kind of the full moon cap. And um, I guess for anybody listening, like, just think if this past weekend anything came up, like, was was there some chaos that made force force yourself to rearrange your life? Was there like shadowy stuff, insecurities, stuff you don't like about yourself that like routed to the surface? And like, how do you work with that energy? I know on a personal level and a lot of people around me, there was a lot of chaos, like kind of like cracked out, like crazy energy. So these, this past Tuesday and today have been sort of a calm down. And really in the week ahead, there's nothing quite so dramatic happening. Um, you guys have any questions about any of that? Well, I think it's funny that I basically had my Uranian craziness in this pre-show. <laughs> and like, well, the moon like, was I in, on the delay there, Dan? I mean, it, it's still happening. The sun is still in a loose square with Pluto. Because sun, yeah. I mean, I, I don't have, I don't have my uh, active internet chart because I'm falling right now. Yeah. But I'm I'm guessing the sun's what at like 22 degrees um, Libra right now maybe so I, I'm guessing it's still with like three degrees of squaring so and the moon 
the moon was activated by Uranus last night later, but it, there's still like the hangover and these things manifest in all different kinds of ways. And um, it certainly did for me. And, and that was unusual, an unusual outburst. I'm extremely, for years in my life, I haven't had an outburst like <laughs> and so it was hot though it, yeah jerry i knew you were getting excited and uh so <laughs> plus i also i have this going but yes i i do also always subscribe to the fact that there's a shadow period around everything too and, and we're still in a shadow period of the full moon as well so well speaking of shadow periods we're in the shadow period of mercury retrograde because now that now to get into the month ahead of astrology coming up, I mean the big news is that on Halloween Mercury Station retrograde and Brexit, uh, and then it will be <laughs> perfect alignment right there. Um, so yeah, if you think back to last year, Scorpio, like October, I think it was even in early October too. At this time of the year, last year Venus retrograde. Orpio. So, so that's a different approach to like you know, a scorpionic retrograde. But you know, this year on Halloween, uh, Mercury stations retrograde in Scorpio and then will not go direct until, oh, where, what day is this? Later in the month of November. Um, so it's a long one, this one coming up. It's typically like three and a half. Um, so like, you know, after Halloween, the month of November is flavored by the Mercury in Scorpio going retrograde, you know, like the, the theme of Scorpio, you know, it's a fixed water sign. So it's, Okay, by the way, Mercury goes direct on November 20th. Sorry, that took me freaking 10 minutes. Um, is it retrograde now or is it com it's coming up, right? So it's not retrograde now, but it's in its shadow. Because it, when it goes direct, it's going to go direct at 11 degrees Scorpio. And right now, Mercury is past 11 degrees Scorpio. I think it, when it stations direct on Halloween, basically if you're following Mercury in the chart, it's going the right direction forward moving and then it stops and starts moving backwards so it goes into the earlier degrees of scorpio and now we're at that it, it's currently at the point where it's passing up that zone of going direct so you know it's and i notice i i always notice mercury retrograde stuff for on wednesdays it's, it's traditionally the uh, day of mercury and like last wednesday we had crap go down but um Maybe so. Maybe this the thing today was maybe a Mercury retrograde or activation. I don't know, but yeah. And you know, my chart's very mercurial. Yeah, communication. It is. Yeah, Gemini rising. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> ruled by the trickster Mercury. <laughs> but um. So uh, Mercury so it was associated with Wednesdays, so that and that's also known to be associated with Odin. Are those yeah, exactly. two somehow connected or potentially the same archetype? Yeah, I mean, I would argue that. We actually did an episode on that on the Cosmic 
somebody like got pissed about it was like get your Norse mythology right but I mean on an arch- archetypal level Odin is like the magician the mm-hmm. you know he, he made the sacrifice on the tree of world tree right. to like gain knowledge so he's, he's very uh, informational and like uh, mercurial I would say but mm-hmm. it's interesting Mer- Mercury in the Greek sense is um, Hermes sort of a gender like it's it's a they them so all the planets are pretty gendered but mercury as the messenger is actually uh like hermaphroditic right from an astrology perspective you know crosses the boundary between those dualities so it has to be both yeah (laughs) exactly yeah but um yeah so basically you know between now and next obelisk episode the next full moon will be on november 12th that'll be the full moon in taurus because we'll be in scorpio season at that point and activating the scorpio taurus axis um and the moon is um exalted in taurus so a full moon in taurus is a great time of year um so it won't be as crazy as this aries one it seems um but Mercury is going to be retrograde, you know, for the from now until then. And we got to keep in mind too, Saturn is in its home sign of Sagittarius, and or no, I'm sorry, Jupiter is Sagittarius. Sorry, Saturn is Capricorn. But Jupiter is a good luck planet, and he's been in Sagittarius for about a year, and then in December. He enters Capricorn, and that's when shit hits the fan, in my opinion. So, I mean, it, it, yeah, that's on Monday, uh, December 2nd. Jupiter will enter Capricorn, and then we, we start off the 2020 drama. Like, 2020, from an astrological point of view, is going to be also a very hectic beginning, but it's kind of like, you know, you want to see the show, so I'm kind of excited for it. Um, but yeah, I guess that extends a little past next obelisk show, but sitting here with my calendar, just trying to give the Easter egg. So are there any particular hot days or, um, oh, oh. or, yeah, sorry. Oh, yeah, Jerry, go on. Jerry. No, there's a lot of dates being, there are several dates being spoken about, uh, in the community. Okay. For example, Jerry? Uh, November 3rd. There's a lot of talk about November 3rd, kind of, you know, um, professional thespian activity, if you know what I mean. What do you see? Uh, I know you're not prepared for just a simple dates, but what do you see? No, I've, I got a calendar. So. Okay. Yeah, so it was the 3rd and the 17th. Yeah, so give us the, highlights when of those. Trump's in Dallas. I think that's a simple. Well, okay, November 3rd is daylight savings time, and which is significant for me. But the, um, I mean, the moon will be in Aquarius. I mean, there's no, there's some aspects between the moon, but I wouldn't make, I wouldn't mark that a red flag day astrologically. I mean, I would mark the day that, I would mark Halloween as a, uh, a red flag day because that's the day that Mercury stations retrograde. Um, the 17th, let's see. Um, 
Yeah, the 17th, I mean, there's no planetary aspects that are like major or anything. The moon will be in, it'll start the day off in Cancer and then enter Leo and make some aspects. But yeah, to answer your question, the 17th and the 3rd do not stand out on, from my point of view, on like from a, the astrology. Um, I mean, the next full moon, the next full moon when you record, I'm sure your astrologer will go over it, but, um, yeah, Susan. Have, yeah, I mean, that day, that moon, or that moon will be trining Pluto. So that's like a, a more positive way of transformation. It'll be opposite Mercury retrograde. So that might activate the Mercury retrograde. And, um, I think the next full moon looks kind of nice. It, it, it activates, you know, Mars sextile Jupiter will be happening that day. It's like one of the last um, positive. I mean, Jupiter and Sagittarius is mostly positive, so that'll be like helpful. You know, next the next moon is not as bad as the previous moon, it, it, from my point of view. Do you so looking at this month between this moon and the next moon? Uh, do you have any just kind of key words for this month? So we're writing in the communication, uh, you know, allow extra time, all that stuff. Yeah. But do you have any like just some advice for general people getting through? And then we'll move to where's the news of the weird? Well, you know. This is Scorpio season. The sun enters Scorpio on October 23rd. When you're learning astrology, I mean, paying attention to the season in your your hometown or wherever you live is the best way to like viscerally understand the symbolism. And you know, Scorpio season, it's dark. A lot of the leaves have fallen and trees all of a sudden look spooky. It's Halloween. People embrace fucked up stuff like killer clowns. And, you know, it's all about like our fears and the shadow. So, any, and this Mercury is going retrograde on Halloween in Scorpio. And we have the new moon in Scorpio on October 27th. And on that day, okay, that's a good red, red flag day. On the new moon in Scorpio, on October 27th, we have the aspect of Mars squaring Saturn. Mars is in Libra, Saturn is in Capricorn. Both of these are the malefic planets. The new moon in the Scorpio, which is Stinger, the like Scorpio is spooky and dark. And I, that's coming to be a Scorpio moon, Scorpio rising. And uh, people that aren't comfortable with the darkness, with the uncomfortableness of their fears, might get triggered on the 27th, but it, I, I, since it's a new moon in Scorpio during this kind of potent Scorpio season, do the shadow work. Like, I don't know if, if you've never talked to a therapist, it sounds kind of generic, but like, let it all out, process the shadow, process your, your underworld, your sewage system, your consciousness, you know, because like, it's a triggering time of year, even like in general, people get moody and pissed off when they realize fall is coming to an end. Winter is right around the corner. 
So like um, when Mars and Libra square Saturn Capricorn on that date, be prepared to do the shadow work. And then I would say extend that all the way to the Taurus moon, which is when your next episode will be. And the Taurus moon is probably going to be nice because Taurus is earthy. The moon in Taurus can be healing and grounding. So, you know, it's like any Mercury retrograde. Embrace the patient and get ready for crazy. That's, that's what life is. So Impeachment. <laughs> crazy. There you go. Yeah, there's, that's one of several triggering words. <laughs> Do you know okay. how many times it was said last night during the debate? I didn't watch. No, neither did I. Can't say I watched. It's myself. like over three hundred <laughs> times it was spoken, and we're not oh, going to wow. say it anymore. Well, yeah, thank, we're thank trying you. to stay away from politics. Here. Well, it's Mercury retrograde in Scorpio, so it's it's going to be those trigger platitudes, trigger words, but it's all retrograde. It's all words. It's in the past. So I have twenty seventh markdown for sure, and I'll be paying extra attention for the new moon. Uh, that that's great. And this, for people listening, was our first run through of this segment. So send us a little love for trying to get through. Yeah, really. Our, uh, Dan, someone asked if you were a tropical astrologer. I am. Yeah, that that's good to note because for people that are just like dabbling, there are different zodiacs, different approaches. Mm-hmm. I do the Western modern approach because i use the outer planets but i use whole sign house and um kind of hellenistic techniques as well as modern techniques but there are a lot of ways to approach this that should be known well thanks so much for coming on and and as nish said before we're going to be giving away a 30-minute reading with dan next week for anyone who leaves a comment on this video so well i also mention it in the description and leave a comment and maybe you'll win. We'll, we'll pull it live on the show next week. So thanks again, Dan. It's really nice having you. Yeah, and stick Thank around for news of the weird. You may, or, or not, if you're busy. Yeah, it's up to you. But I think definitely I, in this I section, we'll get Nate, Nate. Okay, yeah. well, thank you for and being our nice. inaugural culture. Oh, no. I, I love Stuff. And um, it was nice meeting Nate in conference call mode. Um, hey, and thank you guys again for having me. And how may people get a hold of you just as a quick ending? You can check out cosmicpodcast.com and that should have all the social media links and reading bookings and um, an archive of all of our shows. Too. So thank you so much. I love Cosmic Keys. I've Thank you, Dan. Have check. a good night. One last thing. Check out our interview with Nish. Oh. <laughs> yeah. uh, didn't I post that? It's, it's yeah, on our channel. You guys, take care. All right, take care. Bye, Dan. I think it's on our channel. I'm pretty sure it's on our channel. Yeah, Jerry, you put it up. So now news of the weird. Yeah, I'm getting it up. As and, and so uh, Nathan Lee's with us. He's here. And waiting so he's going to be joining us and chit chat about this and we can do a formal formal info or you know his info it is i'm just 
cropping. Excuse me. All right. So I could share it. I'm going to share the screen. Oh, cool. People can read along. So the first story we have tonight, I totally swipe from coast to coast. And I'll probably uh, bust Banal's stones about it this weekend. Anyway. <laughs> So a high school in, in Ghana was forced to shut down this week after an alleged ghost sighting sparked something of a panic among the pupils. Just kind of crazy that they close the school. I know that they close the schools here in Georgia if there's like even a forecast of possible snow. Can't imagine the ghost shit. Yeah, there's more of that happening too. And I, I keep reading more. And everyone that's listening to me on other shows I've been doing and through Not Clemente knows I'm onto this possession kick right now. And so all of this kind of supernatural ghost and possession stuff is starting to create a larger uh, tapestry. It, there's a larger picture that's happening for me. And it's it's not a religious thing in the way I'm perceiving it. I'm seeing something that looks very interesting that falls under the term possession, though, and also for some people, ghosts. And the fact that cities and towns and the stuff's making larger news is happening more frequently is strange and synchronistic. <laughs> this, this ties into some of the, uh, the Thomas Sheridan videos that he's been putting out lately with the C333. Internet demon? Yes. Yes. Because he's pretty much come out and said that he thinks that the internet demon can possess people. Yeah, it's 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 a new phenomena, really. And I do think there's a lot to do with the, the idea of as billions of people project into the idea of the internet and into and onto the internet, it's like because it's becoming conscious or sentient in that way in a the way a tulpa does mm -hmm. and so there's there's something going on there and no doubt the electromagnetic aspect of how we digitally connect and our biofield our biospheres are are lining up and tuning in this is an interesting rabbit hole to jump down or walk through follow that carrot because it's juicy it's mm. some real woo definitely and i'll put some links to thomas sheridan's video about it uh, somewhere that you'll be able to find so uh, the uh, next story i had i love this one the vatican has announced a or they're promoting rather the smart rosary that's selling for 110 bucks and <laughs> it, it connects to your your uh, smartphone with an app and you make the sign of the cross to activate it. <laughs> it's just kind of funny. I don't know if they're capitalizing on this or trying to stay relevant. I, it didn't, that's, that, is, that is definitely trying to stay relevant, I think. Sold and, by and, Click to Pay. Click to Pray. <laughs> oh, oh, my goodness. An initiative Very of the Pope's Worldwide Prayer Network. Yeah. Are you noticing this that there's more like a return to Judeo the Abrahamic religions with a lot of people and this kind of stuff seems to be on the rise? Yeah, I do and I think I know why, but 
I think, I don't know, I would rather not say. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, this is just more of that, though, where there, I'm, it's something else that kind of, I'm noticing more of this kind of stuff. So I don't know if it's the churches trying to stay relevant. I'm not sure. I'm they're, not sure why. They're trying to definitely uh, address a younger audience, one that's more, you know, technology capable. That's definitely one thing. I think there are a lot of people who, in fear, have been driven towards the church because climate change. <laughs> yeah. Well, certainly, if you're if you're organized, I mean, no offense to anyone out there, no. but if you're an organized religion and you're definitely one that is speaks about revealing and apocalyptic stuff and end times, these are your times to really yeah. focus in on that message because it's crazy. It is, but uh, the, uh, my, everyone I was sees just... how crazy things are. It, it... I don't know if it's falling apart. It's being portrayed to us as it's falling apart, like it is, but I don't know if it is. Yeah, I just, I just think the only reason that anyone would get religion is out of fear. There's no other reason, really. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure we could be heavily debated on that, but fear is certainly, for real, a big factor. And it, and it's, you know, I don't know. It, but these personal connections that people have once they, you know, within the construct of religion, those that's where the transcendental experience happens in the religious experience. So mm -hmm. I yeah, I definitely don't want to come off like I'm attacking anyone's faith because I'm not. You are but it's God it, it hater. Is, I, I am <laughs> not. I think we're all gods. Or at least we all have access to it. And so I don't hate myself, Jerry. <laughs> all right. So the last story is one you got. Yes, and I figured I you were going to read it. I didn't read it. So, mind-reading technology is everyone's next big security nightmare. And I, I do know that, like, Facebook has already had some like this. So, while the hardware can be made as secure as possible, turning our thoughts into digital form will put them at risk just like any other data. So, technology allowing our thoughts and feelings to be translated into digital form and shared is already a reality. Brain-computer interfaces, BCI, allow us to connect our minds to computers for some limited purposes. And big tech companies, including Facebook and many startups, want to make this technology commonplace. It's creepy. It's, and, and so, <clears throat> pardon me, this, which was so sci-fi my whole life, and even up until last year, having conversations about this online with people, in person with people, it was still, I was still hearing people say, oh man, this is, this is way into the future. This is, you know, getting debunked and all this. Well, whatever's going on and all the woo that could be said about it, it's being seeded through all the mainstream media now. Oh, and it has been for years. Yeah, absolutely. It has been for years, but it's amping. And it's amped, you know, Elon Musk with Neuralink and all that. Mm -hmm. So it's here. And it and it's definitely here, even if it's not here and you can get your Neuralink right now, it's here in the fact that it's being presented as being here. It's in the present and we're speaking of it, which is also helping to bring it into manifestation as anyone that understands how that all works. So here we go. 
here we go. The good and the bad. I mean, I am one of those people with technology that I sit in the center. I, I love all the possibilities moving forward. And yet I see how we get co-opted, how <clears throat> great medical stuff gets co-opted and usually for nefarious reasons. And those reasons oftentimes come down to who's going to make the bottom line of money, right. who sets who. You know, and and then therein lies control. But mm -hmm. when we're looking at the idea of well, we could instantly learn a million languages, or uh, we could read each other's minds, or the good side of that, and all this other stuff that's really cool. It's awesome. It's just that, like surveillance, you know. Well, it's going to be used for surveillance, absolutely. Yeah, I mean that's the thing, and and so. I can't hate a, a cell phone because I'm being surveilled on it. Right. I, I hate that it's happening and that that is being co-opted. Right. I'm, I'm reading here that there's, you know, obviously they've got, they're going to have two versions, a non-invasive and an invasive one, which is like a cap and one which will be implanted. And you know, you know that it will be marketed as like a light version, the non-invasive one, and it, they won't have the good software. <laughs> You'll have to upgrade. Right. <laughs> you know, it's, it's going to suck compared to the one you plug into your head. Well, and it and always as this stuff trickles down, right? The, the Those with the money get, you know, there's just the tier system here. So there's... I, I, I can't see this, like, being feasible in my life. And yet, you know, uh, Elon Musk is saying Neuralink's right around the corner. So I haven't seen one yet. Well, you haven't seen one yet, but they're they're definitely saying this is going to happen soon. So that's the whole point of what I was making observable here with this is they're now saying this is around the corner and not something that's say past your lifetime. This is in our lifetime. This no. is not only in our lifetimes. This is around the corner. Yeah, okay. We'll see. Uh, Jeremy Crow, who's in our ch live chat tonight. Hey, Jeremy, how you doing? Thanks for stopping hey, by. He said he would get one if he had a serious medical issue like, and it could help him. And I, would, yes. I might agree with that. Yeah, I'm, that's the thing. Is I, I really actually dig the good side of it and all that. And really, the idea of being able to instantly download, like speaking any language, uh, well, they're talking. Accessing. Yeah, right. Like uh, Matrix. How do I fly this helicopter? Gee, yeah. Get a download. Kind of thing. Yeah. You blink a certain way, and you've got that information. And I like the idea of uh, people being able to speak without, you know, uh, on a psychic level. Although we can do that, and we should do that without having to plug into. Okay. right know, and have knowledge. it surveilled have your conversation surveilled yeah and so <laughs> so it's like i think but if i lost limbs or if i go blind or something i'm gonna you bet you you bet your life if i go blind and i can get some sort of bionic eye i yeah. want yeah me too i want a bionic eye anyway yeah right and so if i lose a leg i want a bionic leg i'm not even going to hesitate those or under those circumstances. Do you think Please. it makes like that $6 million man kind of sound when you look out of it? For, for the people of the 70s the, and the bionic woman sound too. 
There is no such thing. Anyway. The bionic woman mirrored that sound. This is the million dollar man. Those are the crappy three news stories I've found, and I promise to read them next week ahead of time. All right. Well, those were fun, and that was a fun little segment. Right. So everyone in chat knows a cult fan. Nathan Lee Miller Foster, guitarist, tool fan, boy extraordinaire, and Boston resident. Massachusetts, you're not in Boston, are you? He's not talking. Anyway, Nate's going to walk us through some connections he found between Twin Peaks, The X-Files, and Fringe. Two of my favorite shows. I love all those shows, so I'm really looking forward to Nate Nate here with this information and just generally chatting with Nate Nate because it's always a pleasure. The well is deep with Nathan Lee. I got to let the cat in. (laughs) I'll be back. So welcome aboard, Nathan Lee. It's been a long time since we've had a chat on air, and I'm so glad to have you here. Hey. Hi, Jerry. Hi, Nish Nish. And (laughs) hi, everyone in chat. Um, I think I I know someone out there, at least one of you. One one of you. I'm not in the chat, though, but I I think we both know that our beloved JJ <laughs> is probably who, listening. Who is that? Who's JJ? Grand de Blanc. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I am I saying that wrong, Nate Nate? Oh my God! Please, I mean I know that I love her, and it's still it's kind of like I don't get it right all the time, but. I say Rhonda, I say, okay, I'll just, like, if I'm just going to say it the way, like, oh, I was going to tell someone, like, off the cuff, like, hey, oh, yeah, my girlfriend's brand is Rhonda Blanc. That's how I would say it, but that's, I like the way that comes off, and maybe that's just me. Um, you can say it your own way, as long as, you know, you get the R-E-I-N-E, oh, God, I can't even, yeah, as long as you get the thing that I said to get, get that. Idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. So a big shout out to JJ for sure. And, and of course, I'm sure there are lots of people that are listening now that know you and JJ, me, and uh, that will be listening to, to this later. So always a pleasure to extend love to those who extend love our way. Right, well, Nate, Nate. It, keeps a good, it keeps a good thing going. I think gratitude is how it works. And if you really genuinely, from the bottom of your heart, try to make yourself present and felt for someone else in a way that is actually, you know, looking past the bullshit, putting that all aside and focusing on the things that everyone can agree upon, uh, you know, from the macro to the micro, what I'm saying just for like a together thing, you know, when you can get together and really see something from a creative growth perspective and be present for someone, they can really feel a place that cannot be manipulated, that cannot, some psychopath cannot advertise this out of you. This cannot be something you can drink someone into. Well, I don't ever want to be the person who has to test that wrong. <laughs> yo, yo, for real, for real, for real. Because what we're talking about, <laughs> opportunity we have with our adulthood in this time, to actually put a message forward that can actually propagate some kind of change. And yes. 
and and I mean that from the bottom of my heart because like I raised this on the six of cups that was definitely <clears throat> out published this evening get <laughs> tomorrow cough um, I, I was on that one I, were you um, a little bit so when you let me we, talk one of the important things that we raised was just this idea of like how what we're doing right now doesn't even matter and I want things right now not just some transitory oh this is what we're doing I if if for if for an understanding of what we're doing as a cumulative zeitgeist of this time, it doesn't have to be this 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 or this or this. But right now, what we're doing has to have an impact because I mean, time does come. Saturn does come back around. That's that's kind of where I'm going with this, but in a more lighthearted way, I hope. Yeah, I agree. You know, the the deeper into my life I get the more I realize how important love is in general. And in my earlier life, in my more, I think, uh, angsty punk periods and gothy periods and all the different me's that lived, I was, you know, this, this is, in my life has always been something. I know that love is important, but the deeper into life I get, more truly I see how, a, what a web it is. What and in a good way, in a connection way, like a neural link, really, and how these psychic bonds are creating more and vibrating out, and it is it is visceral. I can feel it, and the idea of what you give is what you get has a lot of weight with me now. At this point in my life, being returned, you know, <laughs> and it's not always in dividends, and sometimes. It's best to never, ever consider a reward from an action if you can, especially if it's something so epic. So, like, you consider the uh, meme of a cool person not looking back at a explosion. That's kind of like doing this epic good deed and just never expecting a reward, not even telling anyone that level of kind of thing. I would like to put that idea out there. That's a cool thing to do once in a once in a lifetime, at least. Kick that off the bucket list. Once in a blue moon. I yeah, mean. I think that this is this is this is a big deal to me, and it it is definitely navigated. It's definitely something. It's a, a way I navigate now. I give out of love. I always have, and I I don't do it with strings. I have encountered that lots in my life, which has at times allowed me or inspired me to close myself off from others because it seemed to me for a time, and I've said this a lot, like a smile has a string. Like, if, you know, you offer a smile up to someone and they have some sort of string now towards me and they control me or they want to uh, use it against me. And it's easy to shut down. And so uh, to do things really from that, place of wholeness without expectation without uh an idea that you there may be a return that comes back to you from an action you've created is where the purity is and i think that the getting down to the core the kernel the purity is what i'm speaking of here in terms of love and connectivity to our our other homo sapiens sapiens backslash also we are genetically modified so our other brothers and sisters that are walking this plane with us 
Well, giving people a space to be themselves as well with within within reason too, you know, because I mean, one of the things I like to consider about because before we get very super lovey, which I'm totally Mercury and Venus, so I can communicate love, communicate <laughs> love, communicate love. Leo and Leo on my moon's just not going to ever stop. So we share that. I know we do. We talk about it every. I know. It has to be said. It's Leo. It's gonna do it. I know. It's gonna do it. Um. Anyways, uh, where was I going? Something about um. Before we get too lovey dovey. Yeah. Okay. This is good. Uh, pillars of severity exist for a reason. So I mean, like when we have like Sophia and or you know. recent aeon bite on mary magdalene talking about how christ is the reason and how magdalene would be kind of the um the wisdom right both are necessary so form and function if you will that's kind of like the brief way that i'm throwing this together just as a as i make this up as i go along to be completely honest um <laughs> I, yeah, I, well, I think love, this is exactly what love beneath will seems to be as a as a as kind of just a conceptual matter like you know oh love is the law love 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 but where's okay love so we have this amorphous love blob hey that was nice whatever that was did you get your keys but um the point is is that afterwards we need something that is going to be boxed into so that it has a space to exist within reason so when i see love tempered by this and what is this so will and then you can extrapolate just back to where we came then you can extrapolate right Exactly, and that's so important. Um, the the types of love is what's important there too. Um, then you can extrapolate to reason being part of will and the extension of will. But this is a very t- a special, you know, useful way of understanding what reason is. It's not just like oh, pontificatory bullshit, garbage. Pardon my language. Uh, garbage is kind of rude. I should say gar- uh, trash and rubbish. But anyway, so the point is, is that when you look at it from that angle, it's kind of armchair. When you look at reason from like a way of existing with other people and just like letting them be there. So this is where it comes back around to what we're talking about. Letting them be there and being themselves, but within uh whatever good people do reason. You know, that let that let that be redefined in our generation as something that's not codified either by extremes from the old or extremes from the new, but maybe something that's useful for what really does seem adult right for whatever we are now. It's inclusive, but it's not sappy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there must always be a sense of boundaries in what we do. We draw the circle around us. We're a cell, you know, essentially, that is pliable, hopefully, for most. Less pliable for those who pull in the shadow and do some work and be less rigid. but this is, and again, on subject with this, it all starts from self again and again and again. You can't, I mean, it's the RuPaul thing. If you can't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love somebody else? Can I get an amen? You yeah. know, <laughs> that is so true. And it's so not. And one of the things is the more I accept the the down and dirty with myself that I have projected outward onto other people. And we all do this. This is part of the process here. So, you know, whether it's 
wherever your shadow is of someone else, it behooves you to stop and say, well, why am I feeling the need here to, uh, you know, whatever. Say, ooh, look at that. Or be agitated at something. This is internal psychic content that has been projected out into the world <laughs> that needs to come back in and be assimilated. And that's like the bio, organic, natural singularity within ourselves that analog. generates it's analog and it generates this idea of self being a sun a superstar uh in the psychic sense is where i'm i'm speaking here and so yeah we must have boundaries without boundaries there is no I, there really is no love it is something bigger and higher and deeper than just a smile or saying I love you. It's a, it's, this is, I love myself. And it reminds me of, I've talked about this, I think with you, Nate, Nate, about the uh, hymn to the soul from Carl Jung in his red book. Amazing. The most beautiful, amazing thing you could read. It's a love letter, but it's a love letter to self the love letter to his anima and in this is the concept i'm speaking of see this in the great mystery schools and i think we also see this in the threads of stuff that you actually came here with kind of an idea to talk about yeah I'm, i was gonna say this does sound like a way that we can talk about you know how yeah. to start with let's start with a positive one like that's the anima people who get in touch with the anima are the people who are after I'm just going to make bold claims because I, <laughs> Do I it. and go out the gate. No, the gate doesn't exist. I was already here in your mind. The white lodge exists for those who seek to establish that higher sense in that way of understanding, stepping through and confronting the metaphorical shadow, the uh, challenger, the dweller at the thresholds to rejoin in a more perfect or bodhisattvic kind of unification broad terms for extremely broad concepts but uh, those who are of the other path the um egoic and here and i mean I, and i said the other evening that there is hierarchy there is there isn't one thing's important you need to know who to talk to to make this happen but at the same time no one's really more important than anyone so clashing of this and that at the same time as above so below some kind of paradox is seemingly occurring important not to get lost in that weeds but to navigate it with a true heart's perspective from just as much as quickly as i can say and how long we have at this time right now. so get back here we're in no hurry Nate, Nate. Oh, excellent then uh well then let me breathe for once today uh, <laughs> breathe in <laughs> um and so yeah, I mean, it's not so simple as saying it's service to self, service to others, you know, egotism. There really is a flavor, though, to those who are after, like, this, like, dragging us down into materialism, making us think that it's futile, pitting us against each other, sending out negative Watigo thought waves, sending out tulpas that genuinely seek to just murderous intent. And I mean, like, obviously, there's the documentary I Am Fishhead talking about psychopaths. Uh, the parable being that fish rots from the head down where the uh, documentary gets its name from. I, I don't usually recommend documentaries. When I do, um, it's, I am fish. It's pretty damn good. 
and it talks about psychopathy and how a corporation's a psychopath in a way too. Other other things have covered that, but it really digs deep, and I think it's worth watching at least once. So the point is, is that we can avoid these things only so much in our lives, and we need to learn how to successfully navigate the negative things that exist in this. Obviously, at times both wonderful, wonderful, wonderful world that we live in with people that surround us that are talented in ways we never imagined and relearning to see people who you've seen so many times before and suddenly they're like, wow, I didn't know that when I saw you like that, you look like a fucking Venus de Milo or something or uh, David or something. So, I mean, like there's all these different ways that, you know, to enrich and look in our lives in a wonderful way that is sick and disgusting and there are horrible people and we we can lose people around us especially if we dig too deeply into anything that's too dark and not do it in the right way or the right direction with the right understanding of what darkness is i think that's very important that we keep one another with um an appropriate attitude towards safe metaphysics proper shielding and having a real drive towards your soul's purpose and necessity, no matter what I say, no matter what else anyone says, but with all God's sakes, do it safely. If you don't, you know, people after 9-11, I'll add this. I want to add this. I haven't said it. Something has been on my mind. Totally nothing serious. After 9-11, everyone started saying, be safe, be safe, be safe. You know what? It's time to just say, so you ever hear someone say that again? Have fun. Have fun. Have fun. Just a little thing. It's like instead of flipping someone off in traffic, do the thumbs down. Little things like this. We can, little things like this. For adults, you don't have to let someone trample on you either. Anyway, so that was a nice way to end that. What's but, wrong yeah. with live long and prosper? You can do that too. Okay. Yeah, there's, I love live long and prosper. <laughs> I have but a that, funny story a, about that. Go ahead, go ahead. Oh, do you? I I just wanted to put a nice exclamation mark on what Nathan Lee was just saying, and it it this is I think most people that listen to our shows here understand the power of words, all of it. But these these things are so unconscious with a lot of people, and I notice it in the language that comes at me is you know little silly, almost like cursing, and. And, and it's just so shocking sometimes. I'll br- if it's a person close to me, I mention. I I say, if it's a stranger, I just you know that's when kind of the flash of the evil eye happens with me, <laughs> and I I I take that away and and because of synchronicity of it, I ponder why did that information, why did that language come my way? Because you attracted it. Well, I found different different modes of of integrating whatever it is, you know. But it, of certainly, I attracted it, or I had projected it outward, and so it was coming home to roost. Well, let's remember that thoughts have people just as much as people have thoughts. In the reality that I'm at least coming to understand, and this brings us back to the thought of like Watiko or Bob, right? Mm-hmm. Bob actually is a real force in this world. People actually do, I. I'm not going to say it, but like, I mean, I, I, I'm actually, I mean, Leland, uh, da, da, da. well, anyways, people do horrible things and 
you know, this actually is a mirror for our reality. In fact, well, anyways, did you know that the uh, the White Stripes song is uh, named Blue Orchid? Is a, actually, uh, do you know what the whole theme of that is about? Fill us in, Nathan Lee. Well, what is the Blue Rose case? Right, so the Blue Rose and Twin Peaks is a mystery that is something that's unsolvable or AKA using our occult language, it's unspeakable, something that's not talked about. So talking about the thing that we didn't talk about before, the Blue Rose is actually a Russian pedophile ring. As I came to find out only after I, I was like, oh, let's, oh. Now here's the thing about it. We all know, or you know better than anyone, and we're not getting into this, my history actually is not unconnected to the, it's not it's perfect it's it's perfectly legitimate for me to use this song in a way that's actually still pure and not any other way my life has had some interesting tr challenges so you, it, the point about the white orchid is they took a white orchid and turned it blue so there's all sorts of interesting things about that but um yeah I was going into something about um, blue roses and orchids, Twin Peaks, and right, so that kind of thing happening, you know, in Twin Peaks as the crux of the entire mystery, right? That level of evil that we're talking about, that exists in humans. And it's almost in some societies not even understood that way. So what is it about, like, some kind of, like, almost, like, I don't know how to put this other than like a global way of understanding culture to see that like that's not okay as peopling goes. I don't know. That's it's a it's a judgment, but it's an idea. Like there's certain things that certain ages that should not be getting done to certain creatures of consciousness, such as humans. That's just a thing. That's period, in my opinion. So, I mean, like, if you're breaking that law of nature, you're going against something and you're harming uh, another creature. And that's definitely ripping holes in reality. You're doing something really negative, as Twin Peaks tries to express to us. I don't want to say too many things, especially about the third season. We have people in the audience, especially, who haven't seen the third season yet. But basically, there are real entities that possess people, and this horrible stuff can happen. And it's sometimes people just being awful. The I am fish head idea. Some people are just psychopaths. They just suck. And some people really, we hope that they get their stuff together and they never do. Some people, we hope they do and they do. All sorts of things. And they literally suck energy. That's exactly why it's in ticks and leeches. That's why the song is ultimately about, what does this all come back around to you guys? The nonviolence principle the mutual agreement of exchange, not being a parasite. Yes. And especially for those that you can see are travelers. Well, this is very interesting, Nathan Lee. Take us, take us deeper in. As you bid. Um, so I think that we should tie Fringe and the X-Files in immediately. It was just 1013, Chris Carter's birthday. His interesting idea. Just found out his name is Christopher C. Carter. This man, as I, uh, he's a, he's three, a three, three. <laughs> he's a magical child, and so he's he's uh, he's he's not unlike other people, but like 
he's a magical child. His life seems destined for certain things. And there he is making the thing in the Knights Templar and the clay. So who knows, right? What soul path he chose when he came here. But thankfully he did. And thankfully we, he, he reminds us every time that I made this. So, you know, he <laughs> company 1013, which so people know refresher. It's Jacques de Molay getting burned at the stake for, you know, thinking and expressing it Gio Dono Bruno style. So it's also the day the Templars were exterminated. Gary? Yeah. It was the who? The day the Templars were exterminated. That's, uh, yep, it's true. That's true. So um, it's where Friday the 13th came from. And anyways, like we're in October right now, which was the full moon, which uh, was the night we recorded that six of cups. So I wanted to tie that energy together. because, Anyways, so um, it was really cool to have like him in our reality period and uh, fringe doubly excellent as well it's like something weird to me about jj abrams and all the star wars and star treks and like i want to say this off the bat one of the things i've seen coming fresh eyed into fringe is the manifestation powers at at hand this is some cool magic this is some this is some stuff i love to learn about so i hope that someone out there gets something out of this because i just realized this um you're watching them talk to each other. I, I, I don't know. It's just like I re-remember. Anyways, I always like to say, I'm like, oh, I remember this. I, I always like to say, oh, I just learned this. I'm like, oh, no shit. I actually knew. Anyways, you know what I'm talking about. People out there know exactly that feeling. It's actually all learning is remember. That's eminent eminent Anamanese. So anyway, the idea is that um, in this, oh, my ideas are getting away from me. I am describing in, what am I describing? The what? Sorry. <laughs> remembering is where you were tying. No, no, it was, it was literally talking about remembering. Or you were talking about ten thirteen and Chris Carter and X Files. Yeah, uh, fringe though. Something about um fringe. Whatever. So, anyways, my 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 mind just like it's on the replay. People can hear that, and I'll write about it tomorrow. Whatever. My whole point is that in fringe, um, this is oh, Jay. oh that's right. Anyways, well, it doesn't matter. It's an, the points aside now. So, J.J. Um, Abrams does show about what Jerry said on the show the other night. It pretty much does feel like this is a perfect description of her. Oh, I remembered it. The point, this is actually, a, uh, this is fun how my mind works. Good luck living with this mind. I'm glad you guys don't have to. It's, leave it to me to do it. So, um, this whole process of, um going away again. My good, but it's fun having a mind that works this fast. No, really, just I have a Mercury Venus. Uh, excuse me, a Mercury in Virgo, so my mind is very quick thing sometimes. But it doesn't matter. Yes, I remembered it. Now here's the fucking point. When you look at the way that they're talking to each other in the show, they're actually kind of like talking as if they're manifesting the show to each other. So when you watch the first few episodes of Fringe, they're trying to talk it into existence. This is the meat and bits. So. They're trying to talk it into existence. You can, if you look at the characters as if they're saying, oh, I'm Walter Bishop. He's actually trying to like say the, what's uh, Olivia Dunham's character? What's her, uh, anyways, he's saying to it's the Olivia other Dunham. <laughs> it's her character. That's, that's her character. <laughs> no, no, I'm trying to say the actress's name. What's, what's her name? Uh, Anna Tov or Turb yeah, or something. Yeah, 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 She's yeah, Australian. Yeah. 
what other studios that's also a thing. But the idea is that the entire way they're talking if you can watch it with that little bit of a lens i'll let you see the rest of the fight that that can unfold a different way there's a show within a show very much so there's a, oh yeah i was just definitely. saying to mod was that the individual shows you know that weren't part of the, the story arc over the five seasons or whatever um there's actually a word for that i can't remember I think they're serial episodes versus individuals. But the overall... Monster of the week? Well, no. Like, you know, Hexfiles, sometimes they'd be hunting aliens and yeah, doing Smoky Man stuff, and the rest they were, Mythology you know, versus Monster of yeah, the Week. the mythology. The mythology episodes of Fringe are really... And I always felt it was... It could be that the other universe was a dream, the dream state, that it wasn't real. Jerry's with the spoiler alert, so you know. Uh, you just said you what I said. I thought that's what you're talking about. Well, in a manner of words. No, I love Fringe. I love Fringe. I, the ending was perfect. It's great. <laughs> yeah, Fringe is you know, Fringe is so eaten by bears. Remember that giant igloo fell on everyone, and everyone got eaten by bears. How fringe Well, fringe fringe also brought into the collective the zeitgeist the idea of alternate an alternate universe, alternate time. Well, I mean like Van on the High Castle and other people have done that like a lot of other ways too. Oh, it's it's definitely been out for a very long time. We go back to I'm saying into the modern, into current era, and did it in such a good way and unfolded it in such a way that it was uh, mysterious. And we were able to somehow, as viewers, pull up to it with information we now see in in our in our modern day lives with technology. And science, science, especially when I say science, I'm talking about theory, right? Uh, it, it seems more possible. And so fringe, fringe really brought us into that as a collective idea. Yeah, they definitely did. What's important is like that's now being parlayed to us through some of uh, the Dan Wise and Olivia a dark journalist talking about MIT is a place where a lot of certain kinds of confluences have occurred. And they, where else does uh, Peter get his education that he drops out of? But that's his like plot device that he's wicked intelligent is that I'm a dropout from MIT. And so, you know, that at a, he has a 190, whatever IQ that, that he can do anything. So, I mean, but like, you know, when you're, when you're watching the episodes themselves, and of course the recurrence of the observer and the entire universe that they build up, including that the name of the villain, part of it is David Bowie. Hey, gets us all. Broke. Oh yeah, they there. It's like baked in um, uh, rabbit holes everywhere. What about the Men in Black observer axis? There, I mean that is significant and. Okay. Dark journalists did bring that. Yeah, and not only that, the 
the fact that there's factions within the the Men in Black in the show, you know, a good and a bad, isn't that dichotomy is really interesting too? How that plays That's out. That's true because it's kind of like there are like higher dimensional characters. Like there's actually White Lodge entities and Black Lodge entities, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, well, and so this yeah. is. I mean, is this is some of the stuff you were going to sync together, weave together? So that's together. what we're doing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the same thing in the X Files, except for the X Files, their um mythology is a lot more based in what you know you might find is like the the uh, Bill William Cooper level of uh, conspiracy uh, up to like the Stephen Greer level of understanding things. Like, there's a certain like riff like johnson and smith catalog of extraordinary things that chris carter was playing to that informed his zeitgeist which shaped it so that what the world of fringe is able to do has these things and x files can have the liberty to do like this you know it's plausible here except until like there's the last piece but um then you have the same thing twin peaks it's different in twin peaks's way but they're all trying to tell the same like eternal thing that you know i i mean in one way what are they trying to do by creating these are they trying to just tell a really powerful story are the creators trying to immortalize themselves like what's what are all the angles that are going on with trying to have something dig into the zeitgeist even in a way i was thinking comparing these powerful things to something like this powerful such as alice in wonderland and the huge difference it seems to be for Twin Peaks, X-Files, Fringe, they all do the same thing, which Alice doesn't do. And I'm trying to wonder which one's going to be more perennial in these senses, why I bring this up. And that is that Twin Peaks, all of them, have dates that are actually mirrored in our own calendar. They happen in our world. So one of the sacrifices or conceits that these series make is that they do attempt to tell about our reality in this fashion and I wonder the shelf life, so-called, of that kind of thing compared to something like Alice, which through the Looking Glass extended, uh, and you could say the hunting of the snark uh, as well, tries to tell the same strange cosmog- cosmological story. Uh, but, you know, I wonder which one's more perennial. It's just the thought at hand that I was glad to convey now. Why do we have to pick one? <laughs> they all will be. No. Hello. Uh, Jerry, I totally agree with that that thought. They all will be. Uh, the idea of picking is interesting because I think just by the idea of judgment alone or where our psychic content is as we project out onto stories, storylines like these, Fringe, The X-Files, and uh, the David Lynch stuff, it's it's interesting to see where the hooks are for individuals and then as individuals how we come together to to express these ideas well i mean it's looking at them laterally across time spans that's i've never heard someone compare it that way that's all it is a hook for me because i like to analyze things in very different ways so yeah i mean interesting you don't have to pick one either i don't i don't recall saying that we had to choose one just something that was it was coming to mind um yeah well but nathan lee in the so the idea of the hook is because i know that i know that part of the artistry in storytelling is 
is the hook idea and it's you know it's weapon uh it's used masterfully it's weaponized sometimes it's unconscious it happens part of the process and uh so and i personally look for that and it's part of the part of how we get to that suspension of disbelief right like oh man this now is tying into my life i see this now i see how this got connected to that thought and you can go off into this wonderful lab uh and so whether whether it's intentional or not these kinds of things happen right that's why we're here too is to do that with these um twin peaks because i want to tell you about something special that happened the other day Ooh, lay it on us this is the kind of synchronicity that i mean i it's it's just dumbfounding and I hope you don't mind my changing the the, the direction here, because obviously like, I'm thinking like one of the things we are doing is that I guess Stephen Jay Gould is the best example, like the way that he laterally thinks and is able to connect things in a brilliant way. So a poetic yet scientific, yet somehow it's like omniscient feeling and it's pungent impact. I think that's what we're trying to get out of the drawing together of these series with how it actually impacts our reality um for one for one but uh yeah i mean this weekend i'm walking along uh jj and i are in the woods with two uh of the sweetest creatures walking some doggos in the woodsos and uh they're good little doggos all doggos are good doggos really cool. um i believe so you're rocking the doggos you're rocking to do JJ and I come around this corner, then forest, and go this way. Beautiful thing over here. We go this way, regular path, but also beautiful. Something about it, just time to go this way. And we're pausing, taking pictures the whole nine. And we turn around, and I see a dark swooping land on a branch. And I figure, hey. That's a cool ass hawk. And this is hawk on the branch, right? Huge hawk. You guys know what's really cool about the story about this hawk? I'm sure it, it was an owl. <laughs> it's an eagle. Eagle. Jerry Jerry can't hold his load in anymore, so he had to blow it. I didn't um, know. I didn't know. <laughs> was Jerry, that an innocent Jerry, guess? Jerry will have a sad smile on his stomach while the rest of you know that JJ and I found in the forest instead of that hawk i look up and i see that jj says that's not and i'm like yes it is it's like that's an owl i said no it's not that hawk isn't it turns its head i'm like that hawk is not a hawk and she and i got to stand there and just chill with that owl and i thought that it would fly off and we were like oh no are we gonna have enough time to hang out with the owl and we ended up walking away after a while it was super cool to see it Especially, um, yeah, I don't know. What do you think about that? Well, for me, just I'm always in awe of any of the natural experiences that happen in the wood while well, I'm constantly in the wood. And the idea that this, the swooping down, that there was a question of what you thought it was a hawk and you realized it's an owl uh, is, is pretty fantastic. 
And also, I think there are a lot of people out there that do not get out in nature, especially, well, who's going to leave it at that, that would have no idea of the difference, honestly. I was a Boy Scout, and that's, I, I, I almost like loathe that I responded with that first without saying some caveatory introductory sentence, but <clears throat> I was a Boy Scout, and me, likey woodsy, actually, before the freaking Boy Scouts, I was a, something about me needs and I feel very and I've always yeah. felt out like when I think about myself I really crushed whatever like crushed that's that's how I kind of feel like part of my enjoyment of myself that's that's something that um I love the forest I love the feeling like we had this forest behind my house before when I was a kid and it seemed like it was the biggest place ever. I thought we lived on the edge of like, I don't know, like some huge magic forest. Never For every land. <laughs> Fucking awesome. And it was winter and we were in these sleds and the family was together. And so then we go down into this thing and it's so beautiful and picturesque. And they're going through, and the snowflakes are coming down. All there. Now, now, when you're an adult, right? Right, right. When I was a kid, rushing, you know what I mean? Yes. I know that's not a waterfall, but rushing is good. So, and, <laughs> and so yeah, I know, right? That's one of those, like, anyway, dream logic. And so Perception. I was like, yeah, <laughs> it was huge. And, and so, anyways, um, I think I was going somewhere with, something about magical perspective or well, I don't know. Well, I no, you said you were going to take a tangent. <laughs> yeah. I did say yeah. that. I literally just said, hold on. It's time for a tangent <laughs> about my kid. All right, guys. Did I, I'm already, I turned 35 and I've already done an old man tale. This is not good. <laughs> well, I, you know, it brought me to a question for you and it, that I feel is, uh, is an interesting thing to ponder. So if we're if we're looking at the universe and everything in it around us, the world around us as somehow a projection or part of ourselves, we're connected into it. I said tech, connected, connected into it. Uh, <laughs> uh, and we're connected. Have they bless you? On, on that, from east to west. And uh, what's the East again? I know, right? Let's loop it. And so, Woo! people that don't understand this stuff, Nathan Lee, are just going, What are they talking about? Any I don't think anyone's ever stopped saying that, but I'm going to just let you finish this one now. So, with this idea of pondering the outer world and projection and synchronicities and alternate realities, timelines, where does all that fit for you in your mind when this experience that you just gave us happened? So, oh, 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 okay. oh, oh, last night. Yeah, last night. I'm doing the thing where I'm in the. Okay, so we were walking. You asked JJ this, and she'll say, Yeah, 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 yeah. It's true. And so we were looking up this thing, and I was like, Hey, you need to watch. We need to read this book by this guy named Mike Wellen called The Messenger. Have you, oh, have wow. you read that book? <laughs> And I look, I look it up on Amazon, and I'm showing her on Amazon on uh, what is it on Friday night, and uh, then next day we're in the woods and doop doop doop. 
Okay, so the night before you were to talking about the messengers? Yeah. And then an owl showed up? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's a solid, that's solid. In a beautiful way. Dude, 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 dude. Oh my freaking goodness. I just went like this. But the, I know one of you might have seen that. If it didn't, that's okay. But when I just did the, I raised my hand to the people who can't see it. But when I did that, the person's apartment above drops heavy shit in the floor, like right as I did. Confirmation. Yes, <laughs> I just thought I'd say that. That's why I'm like, dude, 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 holy shit, I struck gold. <laughs> all right, get back to the connections. All right, all right. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> well, we got, we're coming up an hour and a half. So. Oh, goodness gracious. It's like people like your show now? Come on. You guys are the best. They're going to stick around. Well, so tie, us, tie all the synchronicity stuff in, back into, uh, you know, David Lynch's world, J.J. Abrams' world. And all that that you're ha that one has in their personal life with these stories that we pull up to we pull up to J.J. Abrams we pull up to David Lynch and expect to have a certain experience because of their bodies of work because of the legacies they have laid down and so uh, how how does this all tie in with an experience say of being an observer, a watcher of these great shows. Yeah, I mean, like, these things are propagating for us as well. So, like, they need us to live without us to die. Uh, that's important to remember. Just like we need each other more than we need these TV shows, that's important to remember. Um, yeah, and it's interesting, too, that, you know, when do they start telling the fiction and when do they start telling the reality? I mean, David Lynch said, I'll see you in 25 years. You know, Bob's your uncle. So, you know, same thing with um, but, the know, whole range much, was executed almost perfectly. How much difference is there between reality and these shows, you know? Exactly. No, you're, you're perfectly correct, Jerry. And that's the thing to say that, um, how can I phrase this? Like, this is a totally chaos magic way of understanding the world, which people should do anyway. So, uh, a, 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 what, a fiction book is real. That fiction book is as real as what your themed life that's basically long and short of it. Again, is is real. It's just, you know, a reality you don't you don't you don't you're not intertwined with yet. Sorry, Jerry. What? It's it's a real it's a real reality that you're just not part of yet. <laughs> or ever. I like how you did that. That's interesting. Well, I'm gonna go from like the Look at it from like a Grant Morrison perspective. You know, The Invisibles was a fiction fiction piece that he wrote, you know, a reality that he created and then got embroiled within. I just ordered a the, the physical, uh, I don't know what else to call it, the physical component to The Invisibles reading group. And the day that I began watching Fringe, wouldn't you know that the woman who helped me at the... Uh, uh, the mystery place. The redhead? It was Olivia. Oh. Like, you know, like Donald. Of course, yeah, yeah. So, right path. So, people who are interested in the Invisibles reading group, go to the Six of Swords Discord. 1111 to get in there. You get to join the exclusive Invisibles reading group. You do not, wink, wink, get access, wink, wink, to a PDF, wink, wink, in case you need to wink, wink, read the comic, wink, wink. <laughs> and also you do get a material thing that ties you in together and we will be doing the coolest parts of this 
is that you'll get to meet other people who are you're going to be friends with after. But during the interim, fifth part of this, I guess, is that we're going to be doing group rituals. You know, you'll get to be uh, building your your magical chops in the process. And you just reminded me that that uh, there's a group in the Grimerica Discord that's doing intention work. Yeah, there's a group um, in like the Lunar Cry that does intention work. There's a group in the uh, Chaos Magic. Uh, there's lots of different intention groups out there. So uh, find the people that you vibe with. Go mm, to that one right. if that works. For you. Huh? Right. Agree. Yes, because you need to manifest your dream. So do what works for that. Well, so I have a question on that. So why does it behoove anyone to join a group? To do that? It, it's the, if you don't, you just sign. do that on and of yourself. Sorry, the, group, the group, video cut off over here. Group intention is much more powerful than single. I, I agree with that, Jerry. And so that's why I was just, I'm trying to get clarity on that for clarity's sake. And so, but there are a lot of people in the world, and I'm one of them at this point in my life, where groups have really led me astray. And, and, I realize and recognize that it's part of the rebel in me that, uh, the uh, you know, like, cue the Pee Wee Herman, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a loner uh, segment. But I have found more trouble in groups than I have in my solitary work. And I'm wondering sometimes in, say, group intention work, if one person's intent is not in a full alignment with the other's, then you have, you have a weak link in a chain. And that, with more pressure, which i.e. is more intent, that layers onto it over and over and on again, can be a very bad thing, not to mention dangerous. So, I would I'm, definitely agree that you shouldn't be with anything that's toxic like that. Well, and, and so that's why I'm asking why what's the point of i guess i'm trying to get you to give me the idea of group group versus solo and and jerry brings in a good point it's more more intent focused more people yeah. what's the whole parable about i'm sorry if i overlap a bit too there seems to be a wee lag but we're gonna i'll just keep saying that like you know i okay so interestingly here's this comes to mind i um for a period i went to a uh universalist unitarian church and we even had one guy who stood up like here's the apex of the whole event for me that kind of gets to the point we had one guy who stood up and just said why aren't we allowed to say we aren't a you know we can't worship atheists or something like that effect he's like why aren't we allowed to say that there's no god and i almost like what in this house of god and so, but like, anyway, so the point is, is that groups do matter. Cohesion does matter. Like throughout history, people get together and have their groups from the Gnostics or whatever that means, especially when you listen to Miguel's stuff, you're like, get really fooled on how that's not a thing. And you got to say that, like, there's been throughout history, just, you know, maybe there's groups of people who want to do it this way or do it this way. You know what I mean? There's something magical. Here's my, my, but I, I try to. Um, there's something about group 
because the very way that my soul came reality was the paradox created with humans felt enough magnetic love attraction whatever of the universe to try to become the universe again for just a little itty bitty fucking second in this otherwise sometimes trudgeous awful world it's also wonderful and leads to some sex times which led to my soul being able to rip through a paradox and enter into this realm so took a team to get there something sometimes teams are good i don't know okay so let me take it and i'm not i'm not or con i'm just suggesting because i've done both and i agree that it it's all connected to me anyway and so as i said earlier the deeper into life into human experience i get the more i realize it's all about me and i don't mean that in a material a materialist perspective i mean that really truly on a spiritual level it's all about me and uh and then feeding that idea and propelling that idea within myself is creating like a it's almost like a wave or an imminence or a, well, like a brightness. So I just wonder sometimes how much I really need others. So when I say that I'm working with spirits of planet. And I'm working with spirits of animals and I'm working with spirits of place. So I don't mean this in a completely solitary sense in the fact that it's strict, where it's, I just cut out everything. But I'm just saying, I'm talking about human, Homo sapiens sapiens, or there's something therein, something Some closely are, related. <laughs> Some people are just so fulfilled. They're a, I think we, it's so easy to get so caught up in today, 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 especially when early when we were talking about we're finding out how important it is that love is such an yes. important factor in our life. I will say, though, that throughout history, it's important to remember that people have been weird throughout history. Like, not even just newspaper clippings, like medieval stories about weirdos and villages. Like, the world, and not just in, like, in Asia, a European context, think about all across the spectrum of the Fortean reality. It's weird. It's marvelous. So, I guess um, where I'm trying to go, you know what? <laughs> I was trying to go somewhere with that. And I'll just go, I'm just going to turn this way and get us back to what the good people came for, which is some more Twin Peaks and X-Files and Fringe before it gets far down. Um, in the X-Files, it's more like, like I said, yeah, kind of, but it does interest touch on like, even like that, like whole Alex Jones character guy and Alex Jones non now the age of another alex jones who was the alex jones guy which show which show in, in x files my friend it was the 10th season the first episode and the, like second last two. Oh, i didn't watch that ted o'malley was the character yeah 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 and so, i recall yeah and How he's not a, he's not a thing now. Alex Jones and oh, Trump. There was only room enough for one of the Alex Joneses, so I, I'm just talking. 
Um, yeah, gotta retire them. All right, I'm glad we could get around to that brain segue into retiring Agent Philip Jeffries or David Bowie. But it's interesting. Well, that's actually as far as going that in. Yeah, um, in the X-Files, you actually have the whole thing where they start going to the Alex Jones stuff, which doesn't come much, except, and not to give away any, but David Lynch happens to see an old character from both X-Files and Twin worlds are Grant Morrison. And um, one of them says, uh, basically, fix your heart or die. And I'd actually get that tattoo, frankly. I, I, I was so in agreement with that from the severity love level, like both sides of it. Like, and it's totally brave new worldy in a way. It's totally. But at the same time, it's like very, uh, you know, even if it has a Georgia Guidestones appeal, at the same time, it is very fucking true. I don't know what to tell you. Um, but here's the thing about that whole thing. One shows agenda fight fight level romp and that's I maybe I don't know. I don't know what I have to say I know whatever it was trying all the for the first cinematic I am but there's no other expert um, you know, kind of uh, showed also parody here sort of forehead, but in the same effect, a whole other question about causing around memory. But the whole point is that they have a different X Files that they're trying to bring to us. I think Fringe is almost the one that seems pesky until you re examine But Fringe Post, in fact, um, I'd say that that still is basically certain goals that I feel that it may have here. It's going to be oblique from this point forward um, for, for several reasons. But um, let's just examine something that's interesting, and I'm not even going to say it's related to my obliqueness at all, because why would I do that and then lead you this way? I will say that very, very, very interesting. Uh, what's going on in England right now? Are you speaking? Is that a, um, that a question? Yeah. Okay, well, most I was actually deeply interested to see if someone was a Brexit instead of the uh, Royals stuff. I was hoping that someone would respond with the Royals thing. Kate Middleton, right? Uh, she is an American royal. Is that correct? I. You know what? I haven't really. I don't. I have, I have no idea. Stuff. Wow. I don't it's know good. that she's a royal, but she's an American. No, well, Meghan um, Markle is American. She's an right, actress. Who's name did I use? Middleton. Middleton. I don't know. Is the other one. I don't know who that is, but I, I'm pretty sure Meghan Markle is American. Yeah, 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 yeah. You knew the one I was trying to say, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Um, she was on Fringe for two episodes. Like a now member of the royal family was on. That's. 
I did not know that. That is actually an interesting tidbit there. I know I came on here to have one. What so what was her role? That is juicy to me. Such a fresh bastard sometimes. Um it is pretty interesting, isn't it? That she is now at in very rare position. So it, we're talking about Catherine, right? And not it's Catherine Middleton, right? Is that on the first two episodes? Which show? Megan Markle. Which okay, which so show? We're talking about Megan. Nathan Lee, you have me completely confused. What show? Fringe. Fringe. Yeah, she played junior agent, FBI agent Amy Jessup, in two episodes. Only there for two things because then her like I don't know whatever story they tell her. Career. She probably dies or got shape shifted. Is that what happened? Donald Marshall karate chopped her down a stadium? If that is an interesting connection, though, I, I do I do enjoy pondering that. Definitely. What? I think that sh- uh, three shows should be mentioned quickly in tandem with this, which is Happy Town, The f- Event, and Flash Forward. Flash Forward. I remember that show. Got canceled. It was one season, right? The, yeah. uh, it was... There's was Flash Forward, and then there's Flash Forward with the names connected. It's the one from like 2019. It, it, ended, it ended the season with them seeing camera footage of people leaving something in a football stadium, that one. You don't remember? Uh, or I don't do the spoilers. But... A spoiler? It's a 20-year-old fucking show that got canceled. Who cares? <laughs> oh, really? For real? Oh, you guys think it's for real, but I like the art. So I'll tell you what. There was a lot of weird dimensional shifting stuff that looks just like Fringe. So it's like, did they try to get it out this way and then snuck it? I I, I don't know how if I even want to say that, but the idea is that it has similar people who wear certain rings. In fact, like Quinby have certain abilities that, and there are very select elite few that have these rings for whenever this event comes. That goes. So yeah, there's a lot of similar zeitgeist things. But back to I guess the point: what's what is each show trying to do to our side, as if they are just like any kind of um, <laughs> just like any kind of organism, it's trying to propagate itself in the world, right? Like, it, it you know, weed wants to be smoked, and alcohol tries to get people to drink it. Same concept, I think. Uh, the show wants the world to look like the show. Camus said that we are the way that we wish the world to, or that we wish others to be in the world. So there's also the idea that you know Abrams has CIA ties, obviously, and there's some level of social engineering injected into the plot lines through that collection. Uh, that's very, very important to bring into. Yeah, absolutely. But I'm not saying it's bad social engineering because. As you know, I take this approach that there are some secret societies out there who are trying to enlighten people, as well as there are secret societies out there who want to control people, you know? That's true. Uh, I mean, hypothetically speaking. I feel like I need to take some DMT to get on the same level with you two. <laughs> I feel completely lost. Dude, but the thing is, like, you actually are super psychedelic, and you know that you're, <laughs> you're like Ralph Steadman. 
you're like you're okay, the artist no, I, ralph stedman i'm just trying to say when 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 nish is sober that's when stedman's high i don't know i'm just saying <laughs> just saying, no, so nish, did you have any other connections between the three what dude oh by the way guys it's 11 11 happy 11 11 everyone 11 11 hey 11 <laughs> were there any other right. connections you had to bring up stay uh, with us nathan Oh, get I off, will once get off your phone. It's a live show. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got a beer. I'm ready. You guys, I'm drinking tea. So, all right, let's. The funny thing about that is, like, I completely wasn't even sorry to bring up. But now that you know. I've totally marked my territory throughout time, space, and multiple dimensions now. Thank you, Terry. Thank you, Terry. Jerry. Now Jerry split into multiple fractals. Well, this is a oh, multi-dimensional broadcast, so we automatically we are that. we are coming from multiple angles at the same time. And now some Eric Clapton mixed with some Elton so, John. In, so since you won't bring up any connections, I'll dig into it. Were was there an alternate dimension? I think it was the Black Lodge was representative of uh, another dimension in Twin Peaks. Was that true? First of all, I will. But and that's another question that we did ask. What's the connect? What's the difference between the subconscious and the afterworld? It's a question about. I was just talking about on the surface. What's the white lodge and black? What um <laughs> the person who's mentioned that consciousness eventually gets them there. I think so. Um. The Black Lodge and Twin Peaks would be not the same thing. Okay. All right. Right. Not an alternate universe per se, but an alternate reality. Because like in the X-Files, you've got Fox Mulder who lives in this UFO alien world reality, right? And Mulder doesn't believe that, so that's not her reality. So in a way, you've got two realities there that they're both spanning. No. Well, I mean, it's a similar idea, um, but I don't know if you could necessarily say like, oh, that perceptual basis is the demarcator for. Yeah, I don't know if those are apples and oranges or fire irons and you know, moon pies. But um, the point is, is that I think that in all three of the shows, they're trying to show that more to reality than people, you know, see on have men kind of cool when like a regular show gets weird for an episode like um what's that one that tried to do the twin peaks thing with the hat gus was a character on it i never really watched this show it was a detective this show no idea yeah they oh, called was it a true detective no it was a silly show it was a buddy cop detective comedy and gus and people out there know what i'm talking about they did an homage where they had three different twin peaks actors on the show it was called like twin spires or so twin spirals or something like that but anyways it's neither here nor there um each show has their own cosmology but i guess like try to tie them kind of straight like who's a good guy probably next that good killer hero with adam Out the whole world revealed to them because they are finding out that he involves them. It's a personal world that's developed around 
himself on really kind of has that which happens but yeah I don't want to say any yeah that's not those aren't the tools and so I guess to answer a long-winded like connection of a lot of the did ask I did get uh, with my golden shovel, I'd say that um yeah, job always having all of it always. Well, I find I you brought up this you brought up a a little snippet there earlier, and I do adore and like I don't watch a huge amount of programming. But I do pull up to the weird always, and I'm definitely uh, predispositioned towards the sci-fi stuff and the psychodrama stuff. I love that. All that whole genre. So the idea of pulling up to any of the more mundane sitcoms, it, it's just not for me, and so I'm not versed in them. And I'm not, I can say with Twin Peaks too, I, I didn't finish the second season. And there was something about it that it lost me. And it didn't lose me intellectually. It didn't lose me as far as fodder for my mind and all that because Lynch is brilliant. And I, I, I applaud him always. And I'm thankful for his canon that he's unleashed in the world. I just... I... It was, I don't even know why. I just, I pulled away from it for some reason. And I've been trying to understand what was it about the current era of Twin Peaks that lost me. And I still haven't been able to pinpoint that. Some people felt that way. A lot of people fell off. The, the magic did have a, for a lot of people, yeah, you're not alone. Oh, really? Okay, that's interesting to know. I tried, Nathan Lee. I really tried. I, I tried to sit through. I found myself falling asleep, ironically. <laughs> You're not the only one. Oh, right. wow. Wow. So, and then, you know, I'm sure the woo-woo out there is you're getting programmed that way as well. Or it's um, inducing some sort of hypnagogic, uh, you know, there's, there are, of course, there's, there's woo every direction. And I love that. Oh, so, Oh yes. my god! I'm so glad you said that. One of the themes in Fringe totally did it for me. Like I, 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 I await the day when I have the scenario where I'm just able to chew through this show because that's gonna be. But um, yeah, the idea is that, like, for example, I thought about this with Tool's new album, Fear Inoculum. What they were doing uh, in the show on Fringe, they were showing a pattern of a recording on a magnetic film strip and it had been around a person who was super electromagnetically charged and this is totally spoiler free <laughs> um, and what they did is they decoded the other mask like this is obviously 2008 so they had a set tape which I thought was fun to be able to use reference in the first place and they uh, demagnetized the other 
music from it, right? They canceled it out using music editing software. And what was left was actually this guy's imprint because of electric. And um, they were able to like hear, you know, get his electric print away from the tape. And I was wondering about how music could like be used for TV shows or speakers. There was a window they did that too. And so what happened was I was thinking about what would happen if in like an album to underlie, like I know that when people are going to, you know, you have to go back and this new tool album, all, you know, and Jerry was completely like falling off the building, splatting away from the target wrong when he described me as a cool fan uh, or a boy. I called you a super fanboy. I would tell you the truth. I'm actually not a fan of that. Weird. I like this stuff that happens cool weird a culture that led zeppelin and pink floyd have the same stuff with the beatles but anyways the doors but anyways so i called i called jackson same birthday as the point is that when you look at um Terry you got me distracted when you when you're looking at the different girls where the hell was i conversation what happened I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I was going somewhere with that. Goodness gracious. Um, I, oh, right, right, right. I got it. Oh, great. Yeah, too bad. It's too bad that it wasn't something that I... Now, it's something that I'm trying to explain, so I can't... Right, so here's the point. When you look at um the way that an album could actually encode on people using a certain kind of repeated exposure, say, like, you only listen to an album in this form only listen to it completely or something something about a media like a film you only usually watch start to finish it's kind of give or take that's kind of the way it's done and it's just interesting to think about the way that that medium could be used if this was the way that they were describing this principle of this because this is not fringe science fake not even like animism like everything fiction is true I mean, like, it's even in a stronger level of 40 reality. This stuff is more imminent, what I'm saying. And so, like, this is actually... <laughs> so it just got me thinking, oh, and, you know, you could do that with an album. And, you know, if you're trying to reprogram society into a particular magnetic flux or frequency to make them uh, bend in this way or bend in this way or bend in this way or manipulate this chaos, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, blah, 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 then you would actually be able to kind of use that next sure in a similar way in your that'd be cool fine if there's something hidden in your inoculum for example maybe they waited 13 years to have that tech there's, there's always been stories about secret frequencies and music that are you even hear the stuff in the basements with like the witches cursing the tapes oh yeah i mean this this kind of thing's old school and and then there's next level stuff like the stuff that Solaris Blue Raven talks about with her experience, her yeah. personal experience with uh, Rush, and and it's written about that extensively. And so it's out there for sure. And I would expect and hope that a band such as Tool would be delivering uh, a a storyline via right via their own algorithm through you know or frequency through their music it just you expect it with them 
other at that level. I think that's interesting. Of course, the question is always the question is always what what's the intent behind it? And we we always come back to that. What is the intent with this piece of art that is out in the in the public arena programming? And I kind of using those air quotes programming people that are viewing and listening the content well lewis carroll does talk about the mental diet and i'll let people look up the brain picking on that one um you look at uh extremely distracted for a second there yeah um i think that it's interesting you brought up Rush because that was just on no agenda as a John C. Dvorak. I love the band Rush, kind of the weird echo. But um, I yeah, I don't know what they did, but that's interesting that Polaris has that experience with them. I'd be interested to hear about. It. But um, I do agree with your point about you could hope that tools, attitude, their story, their intention, be good, right, or whatever. Like upwards, look at the artwork on the album. Indicator, just my brief flash. Hey, look, could be a thing. The art. I said, bro, too many times. I'm still trying to get the cool thing. The thing is, it shows a guy spiraling down, spiraling up, and it's a triple kind of god going like this level of reality and the next level. And the next, you know, flat right? shows the ramification, potential, pause, or thought. And I heavily encourage people to have the right little think. It's not always easy, right? And even people you think who have their stuff together, you know, it's hard to be a person no matter what your station in life is. That's why kindness is important. And I mean that at a critical level. I mean that at a critical level. And I, if you think it's corny, Really need, really, really, just slow the roll. Maybe I suggest. I think it's very important. Like it's hard. Any, like thing that Michelle ever track through best upward spiral. I think that's all the background. I think that ultimately, at least for Twin Peaks, that's in well. Did so with the Twin Peaks stuff. Did did David drop any Easter eggs after about stuff that he he intentionally placed in that uh, that the people to give people some insight that there are the other storylines, there are other things going on that he's trying to get at because he's classic for that. And we do look to his work for multiple storylines, multiple avenues of of art. We maybe I could use another a cohesive piece. Sorry, the thing cut off. Um, maybe we could use that same feed that I brought up earlier with the actor, because you do use different actors to then draw them to different roles. Is that there's that level of Hollywood magic or whatever. It's just kind of, I think there's something bigger and more astrological and numerological, obviously, to it, but it's just, we, we do stuff. Anyway, you want it to be good, do it right. So anyway, <laughs> um, the point the point is that David Lynch has in that scene where he says, fix your heart or die. There's a guy who's in the room, and 
says to him, how are your wife and kids, Bill? It's great to see you, Bill. How are your wife and kids? They were quite good. You remember that scene? I do, yes. And so that guy, do you know, do you know what that man's life is in, in, on, in the non-acting when he's in real home life with his wife and kids? No, you know what, what is it? Tell it. Gay. He doesn't have kids. He's not. He doesn't have. He's gay. So he's doing one of those things that you just said. He's speaking volume by using a little. So the, that's not one of the things that he came out and said afterwards. That's something I learned after. Oh my goodness! Wonderful. That's love. That's so wonderful. So he says to the guy, "How are your wife and kids?" And there's like this whole thing being said there. And I just love David Lynch that level of heart. So. Okay. But wouldn't wouldn't someone say, well, that's just part of the role he's playing, and so? Yeah, I guess you could, and that's the magic about the occult, right? Isn't it? Yeah, it's it's not. Really, <laughs> yes, not, indeed. Not really. <laughs> yes, absolutely. There's a there's always leeway. There's always give and take. And there is always another layer. <laughs> the high priestess with the shh. Finger, so it's like that up to her mouth. It's like that movie National Treasure never ends. Clue after clue. Yes. Well, National Treasure did it well, and it, it certainly cracked the code. Har har. Uh, of it cracked the code of for a lot of people to start looking deeper into narrative in the world around them. A narrative in the world around them that goes way back hundreds of years. And so, you know, again, this was a service that was milled through Hollywood, of course, and and that's its own thing. But it was a service to the collective to start questioning the world around them, to start looking and seeing dots, and that you're not crazy when you start connecting the dots. However, there's also a very good lesson in all of this that it is it behooves the traveler, it behooves the journey person to maintain a sense of uh, one foot on the ground, like temperance card, peril, a sense of being grounded in your now so that you don't go completely off into space on your own so that you may uh, continue on with and this is another har har the program <laughs> wow that was almost i it got dark at the end there for a little bit i don't know the program like, <laughs> this who you working for girlfriend i don't know oh. <laughs> i'm a free agent mercenary right. she is, no she's going to win no matter who wins i just know that and <laughs> that, i'll be wait, there wait, with wait. her but anyways and jj always been <laughs> I'm not that fat. How dare you? Anyway. <laughs> wow. What the hell just happened there? All right. Yes. Anyway. So, but I do want to say that I think it's interesting about like the way that our lives manifest and like even the way our personalities, especially when you're tuned into it, like it almost seems like synchronicity right now. And someone from a, a friend of uh, my, he's a Death Star, he's a Joseph E. Farrell, right? Says to me, he says, you know, look into um the one that, um, well, anyways, the, the point is, is that. There, there's always room for, like, a lot of people are concerned with this I idea of synchronicity and Trickster and Carl Young. So I'm, like, very interested in your thoughts about what you think about synchronicity being related to a Trickster element, what that has to do with dreams, because <laughs> we can do that. 
and then what that has to do with these strange entities that we see inside of the black fog asking that question because i was going to ask a totally different thing but i went into that instead well i think you're the qualified answer a large way that i do things and i'll tell this for the rest of life i say I make it up as I go along, and some of the best things that I do in my life come when I'm just having fun and just trying to share something on a whim with people, and then suddenly something came through me that was you can't make it up. Well, as the the infamous or famous superstar public actress. And not the kind that make a smiley face. Bob Ross. He's, my, he's Bob. my hero. Bob Ross. We I all, love Bob we Ross. We all too. love Bob Ross. Yeah. yeah. I, kind of a th- it's kind of a rule. Kind of a rule. He's, a, he's an icon. And, you know, he's an icon that got trapped into having to keep his Afro perm. He didn't want it. <laughs> oh, he is- died before it went out of style. <laughs> I know, but still. But, he, you know, his behind the scenes stuff from his son talks about is, you know, he. He behooved the fact that he had, it became his, his trademark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could well, see why. He, you know, he inspired me big, to start painting. A big so thing on your head to to carry around if you don't want it. No, dude, it's super light, very. A big thing isn't the same, anyways. You're right. This show has been crazy. His old lady <laughs> liked it. Me, I feel dur- I need to take a shower. <laughs> this show has been one for the books. It's been crazy from beginning to end. Um, I feel like, are there any questions we should maybe get to that point? No. When are we going to start the show, guys? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I say we're done. We're done. We're done. It's two, two hours. We're good. This was, awesome this was a wild trip, you know. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Nathan Lee, I can always count on just the surreal with you. And so I, I bow down to that always. I'm always in for the surreal, and you always deliver wild surreal to my world. Surreality. Yep. Yeah. Thank everyone for listening. <clears throat> it's a bit disjointed. Next time we better. <laughs> oh, and thank you guys. By the way, I just. Oh, uh, you're welcome. Uh, I don't know if this is the part where I'm supposed. To, is this good night part? Yeah, almost. I'll get to you. Ooh, that sounds like it should be off the air. I that this sounded a bit like sex. Oh wait, what? One minute later. So Nate, do you have anything to plug? I, I got I got a little stage shy when you were talking about one minute. I'm like Jerry, I want you more. That's all you can give. I'll tell you what, occultfan.com is actually a dinosaur of a website right now. It does need like tender love and care. Um, this way that all of my ventures can be put onto there for now. Um, as it stands, my music is right now, uh, music edit because right now is old fan. A blog, Master No Self. I find ties awesome in with the concept of being self so that everyone can come through. Not the MK Ultra style, mind you, the health series, upward slide. Or the anal probing aliens. Of course, leave it to Jerry, but so to carry on, I think that the other um, 
thing that I have going on is like this. I don't know if you guys heard it. It's um called a uh, podcast and a six of swords, six of wands, and six of discs. Okay, six of discs, and um you can find those on the apples, the whatever by podcast on. Of course, the best place to reach me is the six of swords Discord, and that is where we'll be running the Invisibles group through, which does begin on 11-11, so you're welcome to join anytime up to then. It's going to be, I mean, dude, think about a bunch of chaos magician and magically operant people reading Invisibles at one time with intention. Um, you want to be part of that. So um, I think besides that, that's what I got going on with the shows, uh, my book ongoing, and my music is ongoing. And um, also, I want to give a shout out to uh, JJ, uh, Blanc Ron, make jewelry to consider thyself fortunate own one of her people. Uh, this is the stage in her career that. And also, I want to plug uh, cups that I did the other day with lovely men, gentlemen, uh, gentlemen, all of them. So uh, look for the most recent six cups. It's going to start a series of what I'm trying to do is, is shaping away at what I really and our will to be, but in a fun way. <laughs> Watch that happen. But in a fun way. It's 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 sexy alchemy. It's like Tantra's not easy to build those muscles, but damn it, baby, you know it feels right. All right, that's it. I plugged it. I plugged <laughs> right. it and I plugged it. All hard. right, all right. You feel complete now? Yes, you do. We can go become I, stars again. I, I'm cum drunk. Put it that way. Gary, you came to the show. Yeah, like, I'm not okay, guys. Thanks. Oh. No, lovely show. Anyway, thanks, Nate. It was nice having you. Like took an LSD so, or something. <laughs> you guys are awesome. Next time, next next show, which is our, uh, November. What did you say it was? Twelfth. No. Yes. What's his Wait, face? Is it Dan said that. Yeah. It's the thirteenth again. So yes, November thirteenth is when we're gonna have the next show. Full Moon is on the twelfth. Uh, we're gonna have Eric Miller, the author of the Disruption Engine, and he's going to be talking about the esoteric uh, beliefs or nature of Jack Kirby and the old comic book guys. Who is it, Eric Miller or Eric Millar? I'm saying Miller because he hasn't corrected me yet. Okay, because I've heard uh, Keith call him Millar. Well, he's kind of snooty like that. Okay. Well, Keats is not snooty at all. Kidding. All right. Anyway, carry on. I have Jared. no idea how to pronounce his name. It's got an A R M I. Whatever. It's going to be a good show because we're going to talk about definitely Jack Kirby a lot because he wrote a lot of his esoteric beliefs and Gnostic beliefs into his comic books, such as the X Men. I think it was the X Men, right? He was a Marvel guy, right? Maybe getting this confused. But yeah, him and Stanley. Good shit. It's going to be pretty cool. It'll suck. We'll see. That's how it goes. All right. That's my final word. Anything from you, Nish? No, uh, I just want to say have as our astrologer next moon, Astrolunichip, Susan, and I'm thoroughly excited about that. Thank you, everyone, for joining us and bearing with us as the show gets its footing. It's all kind of developing. Yeah. And so go back and listen to the first couple of Nox Montes. You'll be horrified.
Yeah, I mean, we're, we're getting our footing, so it'll get there. We, we love this show. I love the show, and I'm thrilled that it's pushing forward. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Jerry and Nathan Lee. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Nate. And we'll everyone. talk Have a great to, night. Yeah, you too. Like, goodbye.